First Thessalonians, we're going to begin. You know what? There's verses here, but I want to back up. I want to, I want to back up to uh, uh, verse number nine. I think these are good verses. Verse number nine, and we'll find our focus verse. But I, I want you to see something. Just note this. The book of First Thessalonians, the theme of it that you find really in every chapter is comfort. Yes. It's comfort. Chapter two, uh, I'll just note this too. Chapter two, verse 11. As you know, we exhorted and comforted and charged you. Chapter number three, twice, verse number two, said Christ to establish you, to comfort you concerning your faith. Verse number seven, therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you. Chapter number four, verse number 18, wherefore, comfort one another with these words when he's speaking of the rapture of the church. And then in in chapter number five, Let's look at verse number nine and we'll read down through here and find some more comfort. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. That's a great thing. You know what that means? Saved folks are not going through the tribulation. Amen. 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 But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, here it is, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and to be at peace among yourselves. Well, what is peace? Peace is a level of comfort. Mm -hmm. Amen? Verse number 14, And we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, Be patient toward all men. Those are good instructions. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Now the subject matter here is in these next verses. Verse 16, rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesyings. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these good people. I thank you for this opportunity to come and preach the word of God. And God, today I pray that you'll help me, Lord, as I've prayed. I ask you, Lord, for unction. I ask you for power, Lord. I pray, God, that you would... uh, Set me down if I'm not sitting in the right position with you, Lord. I pray, God, today that nothing that I would say would be out of your will. But, Lord, let everything be said, seasoned with the oracles of God, with the, the word of God and the truth that is found within. Yes, I yes. pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit will speak to hearts what only he can say. And the word of God will do what only it can do. Yes. Bless the Charity Baptist Church. Bless, bless Brother Harrelson. Bless the work here in this part of the yes. country. God, yes. these folks in this area need Jesus Christ. They need salvation. Yes. They need to know yes. the joy that it is to live for the Lord. And I pray, God, that you, while you while we await your coming, Lord, that you'll make this church a soul-winning station, yes. a healing yes. place for the hurting, yes. where they'd find a balm for their bruises, Lord, and where yes. they'd find yes. a, a healing for their hurts, and they'd find instruction for their ignorance. I pray, God, yes. in this time and place, and until we see your, your coming, Lord, that you would make it so. We pray for your success today in your eyes, in Jesus' sweet holy name. And all God's people said, 
Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to draw your attention to verse number 18. We gave, gave some kind of prelude thoughts there unto the thought that we have in verse number 18. But in verse number 16 through 22, we find what several have called seven principles of the Spirit-filled life. Yeah, amen. In fact, the greatest uh, preaching that I think I've ever heard on this was just a little while before Dr. Sammy Allen went on to glory. The last time that I ever remember seeing him preach in person, he came to our teen camp up in Cleveland, Georgia, to the Power of Two teen camp. And Brother Mark, our, our pastor, Mark Stroud, he called him up to preach a word, just give a word to those young people. There was 750 young people there, over 1,000 people with all the workers. Oh, wow. And he went through these verses, 16 through 22, and he gave the seven principles for a spirit-filled life. Yeah. And it was a great exposition. Now, as we look at these things, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. Prove all things, hold that, uh, fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. If we look at these six, they can all be uh, seen as valuable instruction individually. But when we group them together like this, here's what we find. That in order to accomplish one of those, yes. Yes. you must do all seven. Amen. And you can't do six of them effectively and leave one of them out. Right. They're, they're all woven and braided together. You cannot rejoice without thanksgiving. You, you cannot pray biblically or effectively, according to our key verse here, verse 18, without thanksgiving. Matthew Henry said it this way in his commentary on these words. He said, the way to rejoice evermore is to pray without ceasing. Amen. We should rejoice more if we prayed more. Yeah. If we pray without ceasing, we shall not find want for subject matter for thanksgiving in everything. As we must in everything make our requests made known to God by supplications, so we must not omit thanksgiving. All of these things, and he goes on, all of these things are woven together as one strong rope, these seven principles of a spirit-filled life. But I want us to focus today on verse number 18. Verse number 18, in everything give thanks, yeah. for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. These verses here, thank you preacher, these verses here uh, has a central theme in verse number 18 of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Now, I have never been one to be bound to a holiday in order to preach and find subject matter for preaching. In fact, one of my, uh, my mentors, uh, my preacher that I was under for seven years up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Brother Tony Hudson, uh, yeah. when I was at Tony Hudson University up there, yeah. Yeah. he told us preacher boys, he said, now fellas, don't ever feel like you got to preach the holiday. Yeah. Don't ever feel like if the Lord puts a message on your heart that you need to do for Father's Day or Mother's Day or Christmas or Easter, whatever it is. He said, don't feel like you got to preach the holiday. In fact, he would carry through with that and every Mother's Day he preached on hell. <laughs> yeah, you know, so just to prove his point. But so I know this is Thanksgiving time and I'm looking forward to it and we need to thank God. The world is skipping over Thanksgiving. Yeah. They're going straight from Halloween, the hijacked holiday, yeah. 
straight to Christmas when they, all they're interested in is presents and spending money and racking up credit card bills. Yeah. Amen. Amen. They're looking to see how many lights and twinkling lights and, and, and little Christmas parties they can go to. It has nothing to do with, as far as the world is concerned about Christ and His birth. And they skip right over Thanksgiving. And let me just say to you, Amen. today in the entitlement states of America that we live in, Amen. one Amen. of the key symptoms of our problem is that we have no sense of thanks and gratitude for what we have. We only have this attitude of deserving and entitlement and people who think that they deserve something are dead wrong because if we say we deserve anything, what we really deserve is hell. All of us deserve to spend eternity burning for our sins but the grace of God has been extended to all men and salvation was brought to our home and God brought salvation to our heart. Amen. Which we did not deserve and that is worth thanking Thanking him yes. over. Yes. This word, thanksgiving. Thanks. Uh, the Greek word there, I don't know much about Greek, but in the, in the lexicon and in the commentaries, eucharisteo. That's where the Catholics get their word, the Eucharist, yeah. where they do their little ceremony. Yeah. It means simply, and we all know this, to be grateful, yeah. to express gratitude and a, yeah. appreciation. It's not a foreign concept. But if we look, like, look at it in biblical terms, in perspective here, in perspective of biblically, then we see, if you take a note to perspective biblically, in the Old Testament, we find that the, the use of thanksgiving is dominated in the description of sacrifices and praise. If we were to spend the time to go back to Leviticus 7, Leviticus 22, when God is giving the ordinances for the tabernacle worship and the sacrifice of animals, it is always paired with this word, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was always part of the sacrifices and praises unto God. Now let me give you a short listing of some verses here for reference. We could spend hours and we won't do that, I promise you. I don't have the voice and you don't have the patience. But if we were to look in the book of Psalms, chapter number 26, verse 7, it says this, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Psalms 50 verse 14 says, Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High God. Chapter 69 verse 30 of Psalms says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. That's all about praising God. Amen. And thanksgiving is part of that. And then on, on in later chapters, Psalm 107, verse 22, it says, And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Psalm 116, just a couple more here. Psalm 116, verse 17 says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works and we'll call upon the name of the Lord, I should say. Amos, the Old Testament prophet in chapter 4, verse 5 said, and offer a sacrifice yes. of thanksgiving. Yes. A sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now, that's Old Testament perspective. In the New Testament, we find thanks and thanksgiving very often attached to the character of God and the blessings 
of God. For instance, in 2 Corinthians 4.15, it says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace, that's one of the key characters, characteristics of God, His character might through the thanksgiving of many be redounded to yeah. the glory of God. Yeah. Colossians 2.7, Paul wrote to that church at Colossae, and he said, You are rooted and built up in Him and established in faith. As you've been taught, abounding in faith with thanksgiving. Amen. Our faith, the very faith that we claim in Christ is epoxied <laughs> yeah. to thanksgiving. Inseparable. So there's the, old, the biblical perspective on faith. Well, what about the person of our thanksgiving? The person of our thanksgiving. It should be obvious that the object and the core, the source and the center, the reason and the root of our thanksgiving is God Almighty Himself. Amen. Amen. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, our key verse today. But for context here, in, in Psalm 104, very familiar verse, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. The thanksgiving that we are bound to do is centered around God Almighty. Amen. Hmm. Amen. So Philippians, Philippians 4, 6, I should say, be careful for nothing. Now, that, 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 that doesn't mean like don't hurt yourself. Right. These biblical words sometimes have a different meaning than what we have in, in our modern right. use of language. For instance, careful. This means to be full of care, yeah. to worry, yeah. to carry around burdens like that with your mind. Yeah. Another type of word like that would be awful in the yeah. Bible. Yeah. Now for us, awful means something bad. Yeah. But in biblical oracles... Many times that meaning actually means full of awe or full of wonder and adoration. Yeah, yeah. So when he says be careful for nothing, he says bring all your worries. Don't worry about things. He said be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Amen. let your requests be made known to God. So there is this person of our thanksgiving. When I look in our verse today in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and let's look at this. Look at the place of thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. What's the first word there in verse 18? Two letter word, mm -hmm. in. In. Yeah. in. Yeah. Amen. By definition, Webster's 1828 tells us this means to be present or enclosed. Something that is surrounded by limits. If you are in something, yeah. it's equivalent to sometimes because of, in, uh, in, in light of. Yeah. But this particular Usage of in in verse number 18. The, the, the definition tends to, to point to a fixed position Amen. of time and place. Yes. Amen. A fixed position of time and place. So here, there is a time and a place designated for Thanksgiving. Amen. Well, when is it? I'll tell you when it is. Everything. In everything, that means here yeah. and now. Amen. It means over yonder, yeah. then... Yes. Every place at all times, yes. thanksgiving is due and proper. Amen. The place of our praise is right here. And now. the place of thanksgiving that we have is right here. And now. But you say, Brother Adam, you don't know what I'm going through. Oh, I know I don't. But you don't know what I'm going through either. But the Bible does not say only if everything's good. 
The Bible doesn't say in good times give thanks. What does it say about this place? In everything. Everything, every situation, every season, every circumstance, every contact, every communication, every con... Wait a minute. Are you sure? Certainly, certainly I can praise him. I can be thankful for the good things. Certainly I can be thankful for the pleasant things, the enriching things, the the prosperous things, the happy things, the things that I want, the things that I desire, the things that I enjoy. Those are the blessings. Yes, absolutely. I can be thankful for the good things. But am I always thankful for the good things? Here it doesn't say just for the good things. It says in everything give thanks. So here is not just the place and the person, but here's the problem. Yeah. The problem for us is it says in everything. Yes, amen. Everything. Amen. Now, I was looking around the room here this morning, Brother Danny, yes, and I know Florida's different in a lot of ways. But I was looking around the room, and I think we've got, statistically speaking, according to what I can gather, 100% human beings. Yeah. I believe that's right. Yeah. <laughs> 100% people in the room today. Yeah. Well, here's what I know about people. Every person has got things in their life. Yeah, that's right. You've got things. Y'all have got things. That's right. You've got things. You've got things. Yeah. You've got things. Yeah. I've got things. That's right. All God's children got things. Yeah. What are those things? Well, I don't know what your things are, but, but things a lot of times they look like disappointments. Yeah. Yeah. Things a lot of times look like trials and discontentments, as the yeah. Florida boy was saying years ago. Things sometimes can be fear, adversity, accidents, yeah. losses, betrayals. Yeah. Burdens. Sickness is a thing. Prodigals are things. Death is a thing. Dementia is a thing. And let me just say this to you. There are some things for the child of God that are worse than death. That's right. Amen. Amen. Parenthetical thought. Let me step out here for just a second. We find it a lot of times... When granny is 88 years old and had been in the nursing home for 10 years and she's getting sick and we call on everybody to pray that granny will get better. Yeah. And we weep and we cry and we go and we gather around the bed. Oh, Lord, please heal her, raise her up, raise her up. Well, if she's saved, why do you want her to keep on suffering and shed tears for somebody who could go to heaven? That's right. That's right. And we'll shed tears for people who are ready for eternity and never shed one drop for lost people to keep them out of hell. We'd rather cry to keep people out of heaven for our sake than to cry to keep people out of hell for their sake. Amen. Amen. Time back in. All right. But everybody has things. So these things are bad things. You mean, Brother Adam, I'm supposed to thank God in everything, give thanks for bad things? 
That, that, that's counterintuitive. It does not make sense. It goes against common sense. But let me tell you, this is not the first time you found something in the Bible that did not, did not go along with modern society's thinking. Yeah. Or what seems, I dare I say it, fair. <laughs> yeah. I've been telling my girls since my girls were your age girls that fair is a place where pigs win blue ribbons. <laughs> you don't want fair. Amen. You don't want God to be fair with you. What you want is God's mercy. Amen. 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 You don't want what you deserve. We touched on it a while ago. But there are some things in our life, the things that we find in the Bible, commands that we are to live by that go against our flesh and our common sense. For example, Matthew 5, great sermon on the mount there, verse four, number 44. Jesus gives his disciples some very perplexing, very confusing, and very hard to live by words when he says, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Yeah, amen. Mm -mm. Bless them that curse you. Yeah. Maybe after I pop him in the mouth <laughs> one time. Do good to them that hate you. Uh-uh. Yeah. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Yes, yes. I don't want to. Right. I do not want you. Mm-mm. That's not right. Yeah. It's Bible. Amen. Now that goes against us, doesn't it? It goes against our red-blooded American ideals. Yeah. But this is not the first time when Jesus Christ gives through his word, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, something that goes against our reasoning. In everything, give thanks. Yeah. Okay, flip, over, flip back over a few pages to Ephesians chapter number five. Fixed to make it even harder. We're going to get harder and then it's going to be like a good happy sandwich. Yeah. Happy at the front, bad news in the middle, happy on the other side. <laughs> so we got two pieces of happy bread and a little bit of bad stuff in the middle. A little bit of pickled mayonnaise, sour stuff in the middle. But it's all going to be good. Amen? Amen? Ephesians 5. Let me read you some verses here. Let me begin reading in verse number 16. It's a good verse. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. We can all say amen to that. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding, here this is again, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Yeah, be not drunk with wine or in his excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. That's talking about praise. That's talking about worshiping the Lord. No, now here's one, verse 20. Giving thanks always yes. for all things. Do what? What'd you say? I didn't read that right. I got to get my glasses on. Hang on one second. Giving thanks always. Yes, yeah, sure enough, it says for all things. Yeah. Unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I listen, I, I think I like 1 Thessalonians 5.18 better than that. Yeah. In everything, give thanks. Yeah. I like that a whole lot better than giving thanks always yeah. for yeah. all yeah. things. Huh. Amen. No, I really don't want to do that. No. I really don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to do that. Well, it can be done. I'm not there yet, but it can be done. 
You don't have to read it. Mark it down. You can go over to Acts chapter number 16. Paul and Silas are preaching. The local religious heads capture. They tell them to quit preaching. They won't. And so a mob surrounds them and begins beating them. They strip their clothes off and give them, it says, many stripes. And then they put them in a prison in the heart of the prison. Sounds like a good time for me to have a nervous breakdown and say, I give calf rope uncle tapping out. I done been beat up. I done been mobbed by people. I done had my clothes tore off of me. They done whipped me with a, with a whip and put stripes on my back. And now I'm in jail yeah. in a strange place where I don't know anybody. Yeah, well, what did they do? It says over there that they began to sing in the midnight hour. They right. sang psalms unto the Lord, yeah. bleeding in a prison after they had been beaten up by a mob of people. That's right. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. But they're praising God that they've been counted worthy to bear stripes for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. So they're saying here, we're seeing here what verse 17 in Ephesians 5 says, yeah. understanding what the will of the Lord is and what it says back in our key verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There is the purpose yeah. for thanksgiving. Amen. There is the purpose because God said so. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you have always said, as a parent have said, because I said so? Yeah, amen. 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 Not everything deserves or gets an explanation. Sometimes it's just because daddy said so. That's right. And you have to learn later on why daddy said so because your mind couldn't work it out at that time. As a young child, I couldn't understand when my daddy said, this hurts me a whole lot more than it hurts you. Uh-oh, I didn't believe that then yeah, until right. I started having to do that with my own children. And I understood the conflict, the internal conflict of having to do that for my children in order for them to turn out to be good, productive citizens and Christians. Amen. Amen. I didn't understand it then, but Daddy said so, and I had to. But now I look back and I see exactly why he did it. Yeah. And so I may not understand what I'm in, and I certainly may not be able yeah. within myself yeah. to thank him for, yeah. but it's the will of God. Amen. Matthew Henry said this, we should be thankful for every condition. We may make our complaints to God, but we never can have any reason to complain of God yeah, or about him. Yeah. Albert Barnes says this, man is never made to drink the cup of affliction when no drop of mercy is not intermingled. Yeah, amen, amen. Oh, y'all y'all, must be the people... That listen to that TV preacher that said, if you're, if you're right with God, you won't ever get sick. You have plenty of money. You go out in the morning, there'll be a new car in your driveway. Y'all must have been listening to those jokers. Those carnival charlatans. <laughs> you must have been listening to them guys that said, if you're, if you're a Christian, you're going to be healthy, wealthy, wise, and everybody's going to like you. The <laughs> only problem with that is, there's nothing about that in the Bible. Amen. Amen. What's the Bible say? Peter said, 1 Peter 3.14, but... And if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Yeah, yeah. And be not afraid of the terror, neither be troubled. Now it said for righteousness' sake. It didn't say not for your stupid mistakes. Yeah. That's right. You don't suffer everything because of righteousness. Sometimes we suffer consequences because of our own bonehead decisions. 
Amen. Let me just say, there's a lot of people that say, well, I'm just suffering for the Lord. No, you're broke and you ran up three credit cards. Yeah. That's just dumb. Amen. That's a dumb decision. So you bear the consequences for that. That's not suffering for righteousness sake. That's right. Amen. That's just a bonehead decision. That's right. Amen. Amen. Right. Okay. Philippians 1.29, Paul said this, For unto you it is given on the behalf of Christ. Yeah. Not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Amen. 2 Timothy 3.12 3, says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Yeah, yeah. Now, not yet, but you need to be preparing. Yeah, amen. Because I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but your hurt feelings and your inconvenience is not persecution. Amen, amen. But if we live long enough to die, I have a feeling in our country, we're going to face real persecution. Amen. Like they're facing in other countries. That's right. Heard this week, preacher friend of mine, this last week, a missionary supported by several churches that I know yeah. was in Iraq, undercover as a missionary, winning Muslims to the Lord. And they were begging him to find a way for them to be baptized. Yeah. He comes out of his house one day last week and a group of men opened fire on him in his car, struck him in his chest and he died yeah. in Baghdad, Iraq, winning Muslims. Yeah. You know what that is? That's persecution That's exactly for Christ's right. sake. Amen. Amen. Somebody laughing at you because you go to church is not persecution. Amen. Not yet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Paul was facing... Very difficult times in his life. Paul had been at the top in the religious structure. Yeah. Paul was a zealot for the Pharisees, persecuting the church. Yeah. But then he met the Lord Jesus Christ and Christ changed his life. And he went through more suffering after he served Christ. He went through more bad things than he ever faced before he got saved. Before he came to Christ, he faced some bad things. But you know what he found after he'd been shipwrecked, after he'd been a, a, a attacked by a wild beast in Ephesus, after he had been snake bit in a fire in Melita, after he had been persecuted, stoned in Lystra, left for dead, after he had been thrown in prisons and carted all over the Roman Empire as a prisoner? You know what he said? In 2 Corinthians 12, 10, he said, he said unto me, after he had been given a thorn in his flesh, and he prayed three times, Lord, remove it from me. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. That's 14 words. 14 is the Bible number for deliverance. You know what delivers us? Grace. He may not deliver us out, but he'll deliver us in it. Amen. And Paul said this, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in the thing of infirmities, in the thing of reproaches, in the thing of necessities, in the thing of persecutions, in the things of distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul has reached a level, and I'm not there yet, yeah. Yeah. where he was thanking God for everything, yeah. even the bad things. Yeah. Amen. Now let's just get a little perspective here as we kind of finish up our thought. Now when bad things happen to us, what do we do? We got three, three perspectives. Mm -hmm. If we look at other people and we see how they, nothing ever bad happens to them, we think, right. we say, not fair. Yeah. 
They can live any way they want to. Nothing ever happens to them. Not fair. If we look at ourselves for too long, we'll say, not deserved. Yeah. I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to read my Bible. I'm trying to pray. I go to church. I don't deserve, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve it. Yeah. If we look at others, we say not fair. If we look at us, we say not deserve. But if we were to look to God, yeah. Yeah. we'd have to say, he's not wrong. Yeah. Amen. God's never been wrong. Amen. God's never made a mistake. God's never said oops one time in his, all of his eternal existence. Yeah. Corey Ten Boone, the hero of the Jewish Holocaust, she said this, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. Yeah. But if you look at Christ, yeah. you'll be at rest. <laughs> In everything, give Amen. thanks. For giving thanks for all things, both yeah. of which are the direct will and perfect will of God. Amen. Mm. It's like I mentioned this morning about how I want to be seen. There's another verse, Psalms chapter number 84, verse 4. Context of it, you can go read it later. But there were some people who had had a hard time around the house of God, and this is what they said. They said, those sons of Korah, they said, blessed are they that dwell at thy house. They will still be praising thee. You know what I want to be found? In my things, surrounded by my things, I want to still be found praising him and being thankful. Why? Number one, because of what Paul said, because of the grace of God. Amen. The grace of God. I don't deserve it. And let me just say this. I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know what your thing is, but it could be worse. Yeah. There's always somebody who's got it worse than you. Amen. 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 There's always somebody who's got it. So it could be worse, but yeah. the grace of God. And let me just say this. The, God is greater than your thing. Amen. Hey, hey, God is greater than your thing. I don't know what your thing is. And let me just testify to you. God is good. Yeah, amen. Now, do I understand everything? No. And let me be honest with you. I find it hard a lot of times to agree with everything. Right. I mentioned this morning in the Sunday school hour, Testifying about how my wife went through cancer and she, she ended up dying of brain tumors back in January, passing away. 49 years old. Two teenage daughters. We've been married 21 years. Yeah. Amen. And I was in that hospital, around that hospital for four days, her last four days on earth. And the third day I was there, one of my best friends... He's a pastor up in Wartburg, Tennessee, near Oak Ridge. He called one morning, one night. He said, uh, what hotel are you staying at? And I told him where I was staying, just across the way from the hospital. He said, I'll see you at 7 o'clock for breakfast in the lobby. I said, man, it's, it's four and a half hours down here. He said, I'm already on my way. And my friend had experienced pain and death in his family. His mother had died when he was 16, 17 years old. And he was a person who could identify closely with what I was experiencing. Yes. And he made this statement. He said, I told the Lord, I know you're right. I just don't agree with it. Wow. 
God's big enough to handle your complaint. Yeah. Why, yeah. Lord, is okay to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Why, Lord? Yeah. I don't understand. That's right. Mm-hmm. Stopping well short of, Lord, you're wrong. That's right. Because he's not wrong. That's right. He's good. Yeah. And even in the midst of those types of losses, yeah. God's still good. Amen. He's still good. Amen. So meditating on these verses in those last several yeah. weeks, yeah. I've been preaching through these verses, verse 16 through 22. I'm meditating on that verse in everything. And I'm, I'm looking at Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks for all things. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm meditating on that. And I say, Lord, I, I just don't know that I, I, I can tell people that they can do that. And he began to take me back down the back roads of my life and my mind. Yeah. And I talked about this morning how God had called me to preach in December of 1994. I remember it as, as plain as day. I remember exactly where I was. I remember that moment and just yeah. as audibly, I mean, as if he were in my head with a pair of headphones. And he says, I want you to preach. Yeah. And I said, I'll do anything but that out loud. Yeah. And over the process of 14 years, God began to allow me to do what I wanted to do, yeah. all the while working His will so He could tenderize my heart so I would surrender to that yes, call. Sir. Because the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Without repentance, yeah. And He was patient with me. Yeah. Yeah. I lost my dream job. I got that my dream job when I was 22. Yeah. And when I was 32, it was gone, taken away from me. I didn't do anything wrong. It just ended. Economic reasons. Yeah. Married a beautiful Florida girl. Yeah. We had a good life. Had moved on past that job loss. Built a new life. Had a great house, great town, wonderful church. And I lost my job. I was out of work for nine months. I had to sell my house. And I didn't understand any of that. Couldn't get a job. I applied at Lowe's, sweeping, for, sweeping the floor four times. Got turned down for a job at Lowe's four times. Couldn't get a job. Yeah. Ended up going to a place that I vowed I never wanted to go. Doing a thing I said I never wanted to do. And all the while, I didn't understand any of it. Watching my wife go through breast cancer, go through radiation, go through chemo, go through surgery after surgery, seeing her body riddled with that sickness. And I didn't understand any of it. And holding her hand as she took her last breaths on this earth. And I still don't understand all of that. But when I look back over 20 years, the thing that I didn't understand 20 years ago in hindsight, makes perfect sense. I didn't understand it then, but I can thank him for it now. Yeah. Because see, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I am today. (laughs) So the title of my message today is this. Until I'm able to thank him for it, I'm just going to thank him in it. 
until I can look back and see what it was for. See, here's the thing. It may take many years of growth to be able to look back and to thank Him for it, but until then, we're bound to thank Him in it. And let me just say this. If you won't thank Him when it's good, you'll never thank Him when it's bad. If you're not willing to be thankful when it's good times, good times, and good things, and good people, you won't have a shot at thanking him when it's bad. That's why the psalmist said it is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. You know what you're doing? You're living out Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, not which is your reasonable service, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And when you thank Him in it, you're living out the sacrifice of thanksgiving. You probably won't be able to thank Him for it. Until you can look back and That's see right. what it was for. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I'm here to encourage you today. Yeah. If you can't thank Him for it today, that's okay. That's right. You're not a failure. You're not, you're not weak. Yeah. You just don't maybe know what it was for just yet. Yeah. You know what? God never, the Scripture never tells us that God gave Job an that's answer right. and a reason. That's he never exactly. told him why he went through all that. That's exactly right. But what did Job do? Yeah. Though he slay me, yeah, no, yet will I trust him. Yeah. Yeah. He thanked him in it. Yeah. And he never knew what it was for. You know what it was for? It was for all of us. Yeah. So we could look and see somebody who could go through some of the worst things in their life and still thank him in it. Yeah. So yeah. here's my admonition today. Here's my exhortation. Here's my encouragement to you. Go ahead and thank him in your thing. And someday, he may show you why you can thank him for it.